welcome back to episode 22 of Anime Savants. And we'll go ahead and start it like usual. If you haven't followed us on social media, make sure you go to anime underscore savants on Twitter, anime savants on Instagram, and anime savants on YouTube, where we actually just dropped two new episodes of Ghost Stories. So we're up to episode six now. And we also surpassed 50 subscribers on YouTube. So thank you for that. Yay, <laughs> thank it you happened. very much extremely fast <laughs> so yeah thank you um and let's go to news so i think i only have like i have like two short ones i just have apparently there's a code geass announcement coming on december 5th and i'll take it anything code geass anything lelouch i'll take it okay that's it <laughs> and then also jujutsu kaisen is doing fashion collaborations with this place called marui shop and it's giving me like bleach vibes but it's not as cool as bleach right <laughs> so but it's the same but idea. it is cool it's ta- that they're tapping, doing that it's tapping into that same energy which is the right the right thing if you want to position your uh brand as like something appealing to young young adults Exactly. I mean, it looks cool and it's a streetwear brand. So, yeah, I can see that doing very well and, you know, correct talk target audience. So, I mean, it's cool. And for a second there, I was like, I mean, I don't know if you're trying to do it like Bleach because this ain't that great looking, but I see where y'all going. So keep it up. Right. It's not as forward as Bleach was. But again, yeah, because like, bleach would look like fashion, fashion. Yeah, like, yeah. damn, like where do you get that? But but also like you know, there's a history of other, you know, pretty high profile series like Araki doing cover work for French fashion magazines, like in that JoJo style. Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah, like things like that. That you know, if you're not a fan uh, or even know anything about these series, but you start to see bleed over. In, in a natural way, not like a forced way. Like this yeah, isn't this like doesn't seem forced. Yeah, at all. it's it not like Jujutsu like, you know, Kaisen cookies or something like that. Like there's merchandise and like cash and stuff, and then there's things like this which I think are a little more legitimate. And um, I'm a sucker for like like apparel that is in some way connected to something I like, but doesn't look gaudy or you know obvious that that that's where the reference is coming from. So I'm all I'm all about that. Uh, any kind of like art and fashion collaborations outside of the anime world, d- d- regardless of like how good looking or to my taste it might be, like I think it's just a good thing. Yeah, I mean that stuff usually works really well because I know Final Fantasy does that stuff a lot. It's like Kingdom Hearts three had like a clothing line and accessories come out, and they keep doing it, so apparently it must be going well. Right. So yeah, um, and that's all I have because we have one of the same things, <laughs> and you know way more than me. <laughs> Yeah, so the the first one is is just a note, which is that they're doing a compilation movie for Star Blazers, which um oh. got it got a a remake of the of the series back in I think 2014, 2015, which I endorsed in a previous episode. Um and now there's uh this is basically a compilation movies, but it looks like there's going to be new sequences and other things that are animated in the films that were not in the um tv series i don't know exactly what extra stuff is going in and where it's going to be placed but it looks really good um you know unlike some of the other compilations from older shows or um older properties in general like this one already like it already looked good in 2014 2015 and it used a lot of cgi but the cgi also looked 
pretty good. So uh, I'm looking forward yeah. to that. Um, but <laughs> you know, speaking of, of of Bleach earlier, we got some word from uh, a little I don't know, it's a little kerfuffle that the production <laughs> staff on on Burn the Witch went through a week or two ago when it came out that uh, Tite Kubo found out at the same time all of us did that uh, there was an expectation there would be more Burn the Witch, uh, or at least season two would be around in, next year, which uh, he never agreed to, and apparently his editors kind of just stuck that shit in, the, the, the teaser for that at the end of the third uh, episode of the, like, uh, ONA version of Burn the Witch that dropped, like, earlier th- this season. And uh, so he was a little pissed to be like, a little. <laughs> I mean, you understand, like, it takes a lot for, a like, a Japanese, especially a, a mangaka, to, like, have something to say publicly negative about anything to do with, like, the production of, of anything they're working on. So the fact that it came out at all, I think it came out in an interview with, um, a, like, a Japanese newspaper. And he was just like, uh, nobody told me about this. And there's wow. no reason to expect that we will be able to meet that timeline because this is more of a passion project than anything else. I mean, else. at least he didn't say you're not getting it at all. Yeah, I think he was just fucking pissed that they did this without hit, without asking him. Um, but who knows what the details were? It could have just been, you know, one one PA to another PA playing telephone and then a date gets thrown out there and just nobody checks back. But, you know, Japanese production is pretty uh, analog in a very digital world so it's very possible that this is just one person's mistake that just wound up going up the chain i don't know but yeah but in the same vein of production problems with high profile creators we have the boruto controversy which apparently is not about how bad the the manga is or i how... didn't know that it was a controversy i just thought like i didn't even think the manga was bad i thought people liked it the the, the boruto fans love it and then everybody else just shits on it relentlessly i think the manga is way (laughs) better is way better than the anime because it doesn't really have any filler it's just sort of doing its own thing yeah Um, and it's and i have the bit i read of it is actually like kind of cool um but that that's neither here nor there uh what what happened was the writer uh for boruto which is you know uh kishimoto is overseeing the project, but he's neither doing the art nor the writing. I think he sort of gives them the liner notes. They produce what they're going to produce, and he goes and checks in after the fact. So the writer, a guy named uh, Ukio Kadachi, and he's been writing since the manga started. Um, and if you ever look at any of the produced pages that come out, on the first page they will list, you know, Kishimoto, um, you know, pro- as a producer, and then you'll have like all the other staff. Uh, principal staff and Ukyo Kadachi's name is always second. Well, this month, uh, with uh, a volume or I guess chapter 52 dropped, Ukyo Kadachi's name was just erased. Uh, there is no writer, according to uh, you know, the, the chapter, and people were kind of flipping out and trying to figure out what the hell happened. Uh, and then it became clear that Kadachi had been more or less removed from the project altogether and there was some hint of a scandal so folks really didn't know what to make of it because when it comes to uh japanese creatives and scandals we have a pretty clear trajectory for what those usually are um but yeah (laughs) it's usually something unsavory and probably illegal sometimes it involves children but yeah i was like (laughs) sometimes my ass (laughs) a lot a lot of the time 
But in this case, it's actually very interesting. So it seems like what happened, um, going back to maybe even the first month or so of production of the manga, is that Kadachi was very, very outspoken about the way in which the uh, staff and the production schedule for the manga were being handled um, by, I think, is it is it uh, Shueisha? Um, I'm now forgetting whatever the, the parent company is. But the bottom line is he had two big complaints. Complaint number one is that apparently to this day, the Prada Borto project has not had any editors, which aside. What? Yeah, I know. It's crazy, um, which is really problematic because when you're trying to like keep a production schedule and you need regular feedback between whatever, you know, the artists and and the writer and, and, and everyone else involved are doing and deadlines and other things or they want to make a change to something or format something different the fact that they don't have an editor means they have to go basically directly to the um higher ups in the company in order to get decisions made and a lot of times that's super slow especially in japan where everything is very hierarchical and, and regimented that not having editors means there's no conduit basically kishimoto had to play that role um in addition to all of his other duties on the project so that was a that was a problem. There was also issues with like crunch getting additional assistance time, and then also the working conditions of the people who were um, assigned to the project. I mean, it sounds like there were just really really long hours and a lot of burnout and potentially some health con- concerns. And so, um, Kadachi was actually very very publicly outspoken. He even gave a couple of interviews to Japanese magazines and blogs where he was very candid and upfront and not shy about criticizing the company, basically, uh, and what they were doing Damn. and what they were allowed to happen. So it seems like, and, and that's very, I mean, if we, us in America or in the West, we're very used to creatives blowing up at, you know, higher ups and there's less of that um, I don't know, hierarchical bunker mentality. We don't we don't have as much of that in Japan though. You talk shit about your employer in any form or fashion, even if it's legitimate and something that, if it were addressed, would make them more money. You are out the door, and so it seems like things came to a head um, in the last couple of weeks, and they booted him uh, off the project. So that's a pretty big deal because that's the writer of Boruto who is no longer writing Boruto. Um, that sucks, but. In a, actually, I, I, you know, as a proponent of workers' rights and unionization and all that other stuff, like, I think he made the right choice. I think that in this case, if this is true, if the if the um, complaints you were making were in any way validated, or, or we have some information to back that up, or if in general, just he's pushing back against. Um, poor management i think that that's something that if you're gonna die on your sword you might as well die on that cause so pleasantly surprised that this scandal wasn't sexual or involved i mean that's a good thing but it also sucks probably for his career (laughs) yeah it's really bad for his career especially with like boruto yeah all the things for it to happen with it's like shit it's it's pretty trash but you know it is well that sucks that he had to do all of that just to get fired so they're probably going to do the exact same shit to the next person and basically be like shut the fuck up well the interesting thing is that they they haven't even been able to get them editors i feel like getting them a new writer support with writing 
Um, it may not even happen, and it looks like... Kish- I don't think Kishimoto is going to give it to anyone else, or at least in this situation, they're probably going to be like, save us the fucking... Yeah. What's going call it? And just do... You just do it. But then won't that be worse for him? I mean, I would I would imagine that this sucks. I think it just sucks for everybody involved. Like, <laughs> just period. Also, it doesn't make sense that they're not giving pe- them resources on one of the, like, hugest IPs out there. Yeah. The fuck is that about? Well, I don't know, but it it's horseshit and seems to suck. But it is what it is, what it is right? So, that's the news. Okay, well, what do you want to start with? Um, Akudama Drive, if we can, because I don't really want to talk about it because I'm sad. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, this was the epitome of Danganronpa right here. Like, this episode did everything that I would expect out of, like, not a trial, but, like, one story arc in Danganronpa, where I'm just like, things are going too well. Shit's going to hit the fan. Oh, we got your backstory. It's dark as fuck. Yep. It's cool. literally a, a toilet bowl full of dead children. Literally a, like, <laughs> <laughs> when that body floated up and hit the fucking, like, glass underneath him, I was like, here we go. Yeah, I'm like, here what we the go. fuck is this? Here we fucking go. And then they, they, honest, they flush him down the toilet. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. I'm surprised that, like, they didn't do the thing where, like, as he came out from um, the experiments, his friends started to disappear one by one. Yeah, they love that. I thought that was going to what was, was gonna happen, but it didn't. So I was just like, okay, so maybe it's something worse that's going to happen. Yeah, and I even thought first. for a second, I was like, oh, well, they're just suspended in the water. So they might not be dead. So he might be able to save them. And they were like, oh, no, we combine all these niggas to make one. And I'm like, oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> so that and the fact that my favorite character betrayed everybody. It's just like, this is, this is it. Like, Kodaka really did. He just... <laughs> You just can't not yeah. fuck people. Like <laughs> you just can't. No, what, no matter what he does, you just cannot let us have our characters. Right. I don't like this shit. Brawler's dead. Doctor betrayed them. I don't like Hoodlum's a piece of shit and getting like in his fucking shit. feelings and it's probably gonna fuck some up. I in don't the like this because shit of his at feelings. All. Now I'm gonna be mad. <laughs> Every before I was like, okay, they didn't kill anybody in the first four or five episodes. Like, mm-hmm. maybe I can rock with this crew where you get some feats or you get some cool shit. I got a toilet pole full of dead kids. My favorite character's already dead. And they're gonna start killing everyone else off. And the hot girl is a piece of shit. Like, fuck this. They're doing body gore on the twins. Yeah, now. right? Fuck out of here with slice. this. No. I knew at the moment that they were walking up, I was like, something's about to happen. I was like, there's no way they're gonna make it to this fucking rock ship. And then in classic Rampa thing, they basically were like, Oh well, this goal for you to go to the moon was fucking useless in the first place because it's destroyed, bitch. I was like, "Yep, yep, yeah. that that is that is dead on what I expect from Kodaka." Yeah, that well, I, I'm I am happy on. that they kind of took away uh, a very clear goal, like at the end of this. So now it's very unclear, like what's gonna go. Yeah, down. it's really open ended. I honestly thought that I was like, "Oh my god, well, what's gonna happen?" I was like, "Are we gonna get a time skip?" And Swindler is going to be with Homegirl and is going to learn the ins and outs of the kids and, like, she's going to have power or some shit. Also, it brought into, like, 
at least for me, the forefront about Kanto. And I was just like, okay, I still don't know what the fuck is going on over there. Right. I'm like, I'm even more confused. So I thought this might even be like, uh, have you played Nier Automata? Or, or uh, any of those. So like, I never even, like the it. setup for the game, like before you learn really anything about what's going on, is like uh-huh. is just the idea that uh, you know that you th- you're 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 led to believe that you're defending like the last of humanity, and then stuff happens. But like you kind of get the vibe from Jump that something something's up about that story, but you don't know what. Here, yeah. I was I'm still thinking like when they were when they were given all the back information about like oh well they were de- developed for. To find immortality. And I'm like, well, if they care about immortality, it means that there's something alive that could die. And my suspicion all along have been that, like, Kanto doesn't really exist or, like, all the people are actually dead. And it's the AI that are, like, enforcing this strange, like, feeder relationship with Kansai. Because, like, it didn't make any sense to me. Like, we keep seeing all these, uh, um, what I would call like hollowed out institutions that are supposed to be related to Kanto, but doesn't seem like any people are involved with them. Like all the humans, living people, are on the Kansai side, right? You have like the executioners, you've got their whole society, you have all the main characters in the in the show. Even in the backstory about the factory, like there are still like people doing this. And all the interaction with Kanto is like by voice and it's like virtual. So mm-hmm. when we got to the part where the train was going through and they were like, oh, yeah, there's a thing. There's some field. Hey, everything outside the city is like a nuclear wasteland. Then there's a field that kills anything living between, you know, Kansai and Kanto. I'm like, oh, snap. I think I see where this is going. The war happened. But, you know, the bombs that got dropped that ended the war were done basically on autopilot. And it was these AIs that were the leftover of that fight. And somehow they managed to, like, to keep all the humans who were left in line, feed them this lie about, like, you know, Kanto is this utopian place. But in reality, it's just a, it, they're, they've been long dead. And, and so then it's also just like, why are they sending stuff to Kanto? Right, exactly. Like, none of that made any sense. It still doesn't make any sense. But what I'm saying is I thought that maybe that was the direction they were going. Where it's like, mm-hmm. it's all a lie. It's run by machines. It's like the Matrix. But why would machines give a fuck about generating immortality in a in a more or less living vessel? They w- to me they wouldn't. So that means that that theory is probably not correct. And there's something else happening here that's probably even weirder and more fucked up. Since we got a toilet bowl full of kids, so I don't yeah. know what's going on. <laughs> I mean that yeah, that I mean. The, the, welcome like this is this is exactly how you feel when you play Danganronpa so <laughs> welcome to the club I'm glad the show finally got there because it seemed like it was going to have some semblance of like you know not insanity for a while and that that's out the window I guess Fire Force next yeah this is a cool it was a cool episode it was a cool episode I mean Wait, what happened in this episode? Right. I just remember distinctly remember that they went straight. They were like, "Oh yeah, no, he's dead. Mm. He's dead." <laughs> and I was like, "He's bleeding out in the tunnel. No one's gonna save him. He's dead." Oh, also, his leg is gone too. And last episode, we did not show you that we cut his arm off. Also, yeah, I mean, they, like, they they didn't show that. That's right. They did the scene. They did every. What was it? They, were, they kept cutting like the inflated. Like yeah. arm piece, and then I figured the way they were shooting that scene, they were gonna show like the the finally down to just like his unarmored hand, and then they yes. would show again cut up. But they didn't. They actually like 
stopped right before, and then he had the, the he finished his move and wiped that bitch out. Uh, but yep, they showed it at the very beginning, I think, of this one. Yeah, it was the very beginning. Um, the Tamaki shit, I legit that was such. That was such a fucking like blue ball moment. <laughs> You're like, we're gonna get was, feats. We're getting feats. Nah, I really thought she was gonna do something. I was just like, oh shit, she's gonna evolve into like the nine tail fire shit or something. <laughs> like, oh wow, we gonna get. And then a homeboy knees the bitch in her fucking guts, and yep. I was like, wow, one one shotted. Wow, like she struggles so with just... infernals. Yeah, like, this is the one-shot episode because he one-shots her, and I thought he was going to stab her in the spine. And then uh, the captains come out, and then, oh, my God, Obi literally one-shots the nigga back. Yes, that's right. It was, I don't know, it was just interesting. I mean, to be, to be honest, the most unrealistic, unrealistic thing I saw was that, like, Licht was alive. Yeah. I was like, you shouldn't be alive. He was like, I, I was run like, awkwardly, but, you know, <laughs> listen, I got to live, nigga. Yeah, I was like, you of all the people who shouldn't be alive, I don't think you should be alive. The uh, um, Dr. Giovanni showing back up is creepy. Yeah. Oh, man, that nigga is creepy. And then also, like, they went more into detail about, like, insects are not from this fucking world. Right. We're trying to tell you. So I'm also like, oh, well, does that mean that, like, Adola is another planet? And is that where this shit is going? Like, blah, blah, blah. like I was like, oh boy, here we go. Like now I have even more questions with you saying all these like cryptic lines to Shinra. Right. It's extra dimensional and weird. And, and they also animate the shit out of Arthur's scene, which yes, I was like, they what? Did. Arthur was just carving him up and also still being yes! a fucking moron. He's so stupid. <laughs> but at least that doesn't really change. Like he is an idiot. <laughs> we all know that he's an idiot. Well, I actually thought about that. I was like, oh, well, this is actually the perfect matchup for Giovanni because he has those, like, moth things amplified. Yeah, right, exactly. The more he looks like a monster, the more it feeds right into that delusion. Yeah, and I was just like, "Um, Arthur's not even going to think about doing anything smart. No. (laughs) Like, he's just going to come at you. Well, he'll have to be tricked into it. But he's a very, like, intuitive character in all of his evolution and growth. Like, it's all based on deepening that whatever world he lives in how by any means possible just like but i like that if you go back to like the uh the the episodes um and uh you know when they were dealing with the last um adola burst user and like he remembered that he got tricked by that head the silver like silver the donkey head like he remembered that he had gotten tricked by that and he was like, nah, bro, bro you're not going to get me on that shit again. So it's hard to, like, he he does have, like, you know, some ability to live in the real world. But strange. It's, he's a really, like, interesting and unique character that you don't, I don't know where to place him. Because there's not a lot of folks like him. Yeah. Um, which is good. But, yeah, he carved up those dudes. Like, just went straight on. He's like, I'm bringing up the rear. And then, like, ran ahead. It's like, well, that's, yeah. that's the opposite of what that means. But, okay. Um, Giovanni looks fucking terrifying. The way he killed yes. that first dude, like that when the extra fire soldiers oh, came, I'm man, like, here the comes that fodder underneath. <laughs> yeah, that shit. And then Shinra was like the wounded. I was like, I think he's dead, nigga. Yeah, I think he's real dead. <laughs> I, think he's, I think that claw went to his brain. Let's put it this way: if that happens dead. to me, just mark me off as dead. 
Yes, like I don't even know if I want to even try the surgery, nigga. Yeah, I'm just good. like let it happen. I'm I'm so Gucci with that, like just. Look. I'm still shook that they actually killed one of those kids. Like, yeah. god damn. No, they must, they definitely did. <laughs> like took the nigga out of here. <laughs> but yeah, so I like the sort of also the cliffhanger where we they're gonna basically blow up the city. It kind of makes sense. We're kind of like if you notice the tone that change, didn't make sense to me because I was like I thought they wanted like the world to erupt in flames. So I was like, why are they destroying Tokyo when they like need so much shit in and about it? Well, they actually don't. The only thing they really care about are the pillars. That's it. But wouldn't that like risk killing a pillar? Well, remember, charge, when, like, well, that's actually ones? why they haven't blown it up yet because they're like we're just here to get Shinra, and it was a chance to kill off a whole bunch of fire soldiers and cause a lot of, of mayhem like it like think about it right if you go back to even the the benny maru like infiltration episodes one of the things that they've been charting since the whole group got back from the from the mainland continent was that uh the fight is becoming much more direct between um the white clads and literally anyone who stands between them and getting all the pillars together so from their point of view the 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 fire troops or the fire soldiers are the biggest threat to their plan. So they came up with this exercise, a way to kill a whole bunch of them at once. And if you mm-hmm. remember even back to when they assaulted the city and they had that sort of plan to, to start a big firestorm and then like kill everybody in the city, they, they don't, they're not like trying to avoid murdering large numbers of people. Like, like that's no it's never to them like oh man we can't destroy tokyo like, and they're they on the fuck. level of like suicide bombers yeah yeah, yeah they don't they, give a they fuck they just want they to make sure they, they they kill all the the biggest threats so they got most of the big threats in there the only thing that they didn't mention as much which they probably should have and is a little more apparent in the manga is that company two is the army basically yeah it's like the so there's a regular there's a real army that you don't you never really see um, at least not for a really long time. And then there's the fire company that's sponsored by the army, which is basically just all of the, you know, second and third generation fire users, um, collected into a fire troop. So in some ways it's one of the most powerful parts of the existing army. So getting a whole bunch of company two murdered in the nether is actually a really good move strategically, but they don't really talk about that because everyone's a fucking psychopath. Yeah. So... <laughs> Yeah, it was a it was an episode basically to get us to the climax, which you know we had some some interaction between um, uh, the lieutenant and um, Maki's brother. So you know that. Oh yeah, that's Maki's brother. Somewhere. I'm I'm still I'm like shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up. Yeah, just, I, like, I forgot because, he had a at power. At least the lieutenant though. was talking back to him this time. It was just like, bruh. <laughs> yeah, I think I think again, this is a, a one minor criticism is that they. This segment is over a lot faster in the manga than it is on, in, you know, in the TV adaptation. Oh, really? But the important part is that they, because it's not so long, they kind of get to the point with what the conflict is between those two characters, which is like both of them don't, how do I say this the right way without like making it sound worse than it is? The brother has a, a delusion about who his sister is, is and who he's supposed to be. He thinks that her inner personality is the true her, whatever that means. And then the, you know, the 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 the, the version that her father dotes over, kind of like the cute 
daughter who will do all the conventional things, grow up and get married and blah, blah, blah. And then her second personality, which is the one that you see more when she's with the eighth, which is aggressive and ready to go on the front lines and, you know, is a hard body meat shield and knows what the fuck is going on. Like that gorilla cyclops side of her <laughs> uh, is not real. And it's in fact, which is funny because that whole family has like a dual personality, but she's the one who, for whom the, the more aggressive outward facing non-conventional one is the one that's treated like it's not real by her own family members. So that's what the lieutenant is is really saying and will you know is trying to say in this part, which is that you know she is you know she she could always be stronger, and that's what we're, that that's the only thing that we're trying to preserve here is her ability to to get stronger and and be a better meat shield. But it's like drawn out in a way that makes it very unclear what the conversation is actually about. Uh, yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, it's one of those cases where making something longer and more dramatic for, um, viewership, I guess, doesn't really work for storytelling, but, you know, whatever. We know where this is going, yeah. so it is what it is. Standing on a million lies. Um, this one was interesting. Um, it was also very clear that he don't give a fuck. No. <laughs> he don't give a fuck fuck at the end of the episode when they showed his rank down and he basically was just like we gonna have to do this shit yeah it made me think like he hadn't actually killed anyone to that point he had like wounded one dude right like all he they've been just killing monsters and now he's just like no if we're gonna if we're gonna get through this shit niggas gonna have to die and that's it that little and that kind of like took me out that thing that story he was telling at the end about like you know imagine you're on a on a bus that's about to fall over the edge of a cliff and he was like trying to, he didn't really finish the analogy, but he was basically trying to explain that like the way he values people um, and their lives, like, you know, he's going to look for his friends first and fuck yeah. everybody else. Like, and he even made that point to her, which is one of the things I, again, I consistently like this series, not because it's like the most action packed or exciting or even like the most cerebral. It's just like the the writing is consistent and internally consistent and logical. The writing, I mean, the some of the characters are all over the place, but like the reasoning yeah. here makes sense once you accept who some of these people are supposed to be. And so mm. that stood out I think in this episode where, you know, you from the beginning it was all about coming up with a plan to avoid the worst possible outcomes for the people that the team of heroes actually either cared about in some way or were connected to and then also getting revenge and i don't think he was lying when he was talking to that to the diot group saying like oh we came back here just to fuck his shit up like i think he was being that was like the most honest part about the story that he told them but it was just the how and the why of it um yeah that were all i'm biased. just surprised he didn't use like kaha bell right to, like, kill right. them i was like bruh like what about your rank also like what about the rules like what happens if your rank goes down below a certain point do you lose the classes that you got that's a good point every time it's happened he's been above like one but that would be yeah. interesting if it didn't matter like if you were got rolled to a new class because you just like go on a murder spree and it wouldn't matter because you're at rank one well that's ma- it made me think about the opening and i was like oh yeah i mean like it's clearly him as the farmer just slaughtering motherfuckers right so like 
in the end, is he just going to end up as the farmer regardless and just basically be like, fuck this shit. I know things. I know how this world works. I I know how the monsters work and the humans work. So you can't touch me now. Well, they made a big deal, I think, this episode about the, you know, the name of the episode was NPC Killer or something like that. Yeah. So they so like this whole, this episode, and maybe even the, the one before it, have kind of been building up to this first time of kill, of actually like killing what they consider to be an NPC, and they spent a long time, you know, almost about five minutes, just discussing whether or not they're actually in a virtual world or not. And I, yeah, they they spent a lot of time focusing on that, which made me basically think, oh shit. Yeah, I don't think they are. Yeah, <laughs> it might be time travel. It could be time travel or a literal alternate dimension or something even more weird. But I do not think yep. that they are in a virtual world. And I think there's a reason. See, every time so far, this is, again, why I appreciate the series. I'm willing to give it more rope than I would give, you know, something far worse. Is that every time they've introduced a fact, it has become relevant later, either to the story or a decision that gets made. So, for example, like... Uh, now we're seeing multiple times you know, over many episodes where characters will utilize the inventory system in a practical way. Oh my god, I loved when she did that in the battle. I right. was like, yes! Or they utilize the fact that they can't die as a as a device to do something that would otherwise be impossible if you know, you're know you tr- actually trying to protect your life. Um, like when he was like, you know, committed to just climbing until he slipped and died and then came back and keep climbing you know carving and climbing so like he was taking advantage of the of you know the respawn right like and it's not presented as like my plan is gonna be to do this they just fucking do it um and and it makes sense so here i think that the information that got dropped about whether or not they're in a virtual world is going to be very relevant why did they even have rules against um killing and harming uh, uh npcs in the first place because every rule that has been introduced has either been there for a reason or is something that you're supposed to creatively think about like when he intuited that the way in which the quest system worked is deliberately yeah. left vague. and you know what i'm saying so like stuff like that gets my brain thinking and then the fact that within the show i mean even in this episode we got multiple instances of uh using some of these known rules like when he told the when he's trying to trick the deox soldiers and he's like oh look i converted to this religion and i'm immortal so i can just run around the continent and make this situation 150 times worse for y'all um i hadn't thought about that i was like oh yeah that actually kind of would be like the the worst case scenario for them is one of the heroes who is unkillable is now like a, a, a messenger for this religion that they're so dead set against eradicating and they know they can't they can't do anything about it. Um, so that was all really cool. So I think like between the way the plot's moving, the clever use of the rules to do practical things in some of these fights, and the fact that now uh, uh, they've started killing NPCs um, and they made a big deal out of it, I think that there's a twist coming. I can smell it in my bones. Smell it in my yeah. bones. Feel it in my bones. I can feel it in my bones that there's a twist coming. Smell it in the air, feel it in my bones. Agreed. Something's gonna happen, so I enjoyed this episode quite a bit. I did too. Also, I just really like Yuka as a character. She's so full of shit. Oh, she is full of shit. Absolutely. She's so full of shit. What was the line she said where she was like, 
man, this these the traits this guy has, I would never want him as a friend, but I probably want him as an enemy even less. Yes. And then also the fact that she like fell in love with the child and she was like, not this show to shit. And I was like, oh my <laughs> God. I was like, why are you guys even bringing this into the... Yo. It just shows like how deep of an otaku she Yo. is. Yo, yeah, they're having that conversation about games and and uh, his shit was relevant. Hers was like, I only play network games. Oh, right. The, the What was it? It was, uh, what two games did they reference? Dark Souls and, def- and Fallout? Yes. The funny thing is that in the manga, that scene, they just use the name of the real thing. Oh, really? Yeah. They just use the real name. Because I was reading, I was like, oh, they said, they said, uh, you know, these knockoff names. And then I got to the panel, I was like, they just use the real one. They didn't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't getting sued for that shit. It, it probably is true, because, like, you know, who's looking? And it's publicity. Yeah. Fuck that. Well, like, the, the manga series was not, I don't know, was it even brought to the U.S.? Maybe it was just recently licensed, so when it was I think being... it's about to, well, probably, n- I'm, I'm not sure about that, but I know that the manga's popularity has skyrocketed since the end. Oh, anime. sure, that makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, the manga came out in 2016, so I'm sure when the, the manga was, was writing this shit, he was like, ah, whatever, I'll just throw it in here, like, it's, I'm ain't never gonna... Ain't nobody for my Yeah, shit. I ain't never, I'm not gonna be running afoul any kind of, like, U.S. copyright stuff, which then means it makes sense that when they adapted it, they were like, we need to change this shit right away. <laughs> So, good episode. I enjoyed very much. Aye. And now, okay. And now we're at the, the star of the week. Yeah, I mean, is it though? I mean, it, it, this was not like a. a I mean, no, it episode. still was really fucking good. It was just like, it was more so like comedic and wild for me as opposed to like um gory and wild well yeah and also kind of ended abruptly <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. like there was like homeboy at the end popped up with the the bifocals i was like who the fuck is that why do we get a time skip what's going on blah blah, blah. i will say though that um what's his name toto yeah and my yes oh my god you know i had seen the um i saw somebody somewhere say something about like Jujutsu Kaisen, I like my women with big titties or something and shit like that. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck is he talking about? And then, then in this episode, when he did that pose and was like, I like my women tall and with big asses, I was like, oh my God, they weren't joking. No. Like, they weren't joking. And then the fact that he's like an idol stand yeah, for a yeah. woman that looks nothing like the type that he wants. Yes, exactly. I'm like, you are a, oh, you are a living joke. But then also, he's extremely powerful and he's like beating he doesn't even he's not even beating the regular curses with jujutsu no he just he's just a monster but the th- i did the craziest part for me was that like i didn't know like whether to like be like huh or to laugh is when like he's told when um when megami told him and then I was like, oh, okay, I think he... And then he had the tears coming down his fucking Yes, face. he was crying. And then proceeded He was like, you're... Be- a, okay. It just sucks you're a boring man. Yes. <laughs> I bared my soul but to you and you gave me back nothing. If anything, this episode just solidified me to where I was just like, you know what? Um, maybe the mangaka just hates Megumi because he's getting washed. I think he's gotten washed what? Four times, three. Yeah, three he got, times. he got, he got. Okay, so the first one first is episode. in the first episode, but like you could argue that he just threw him. It's like throwing yourself in front of a bus. Like, yeah, like fine, and probably he could have finished that fight if Yuji wasn't there. 
Like it's it it. I would. I'm assuming that he could probably could have done something about that because whatever. Like yeah. You know. Okay, so uh, let's put that one away. Then uh, the 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 special grade, the surprise special grade, like that special one. Special grade. Yeah, was definitely over his power level. And he, yeah, he, so he didn't even get, but even that, so I was like, nigga, you ran. Yeah, so you got out of there. Sukuna is like, even with only three fingers at that point, is definitely stronger than that special grade. So he wasn't going to like stand a chance. No one stood a chance against him. Like yeah. literally nobody. So, okay. I like, like, again, all this is fine. It's just that this time he got his face pushed back extra hard by just a dude. It's just a dude. And then... Also with like Nobara, which I'm also noticing that like Nobara is not really getting any like plot shine as far as like her own advancements with her jujutsu, but I'm pretty sure it's going to shine in some form or fashion in the near future, most likely during the tournament thing. But when she said that she could see that bitch's pores, I was like, she's going to kill her. her." And of course, I did not see this coming. The bitch pulls out a gun. And I'm like, oh my god, what is happening? Like, it was just a lot of like, what is happening? Uh, it was, it was, it was cool that like, um, what's his name, Toge? Like, he literally like spoke, and I was like, damn. I was like, so that happened. And then Panda came up and mopped his ass with one punch, and blood came out. And I was like, oh, what? I was like, okay. Yeah, when, so- when she pulled that gun, all I could think about was that that Kermit the Frog meme. Where he's like, he has a wizard hat on, he's got a gun. He's like, behold, the most powerful spell of all. Are you ready to meet God? <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can think about. So why does this bitch got a gun? Like, everyone else is, like, trying too hard with, like, you know, shadow puppets and swords Which and is, all this shit. She just pulled out a gun. Shadow puppets, I'm literally just like, okay, Megumi, you gotta learn, man. It was like, I know you like to use your puppets and shit like that, but, like... This nigga just, like, whopped your ass immediately. Do you want those to get destroyed immediately also? Because that's what's going to happen. But then, once again, like, I know whatever the fuck he has up his sleeve is going... It's it's probably going to be ridiculous. Based off of Sukuna and Toto's reaction. So, there is something I do appreciate, actually. And I'm I'm joking a lot about how people get mollywhopped. But, like, in reality... One of the things again that's very that Jujutsu Kaisen does correctly is while they do blow up the power scaling, they don't blow up the power scaling with the main cast. Okay? They do it with other characters to show you where they are at the moment you're, you know, reading, watching, whatever. And these mm-hmm. become the benchmarks by which later on you can judge how the characters have grown. And this is like Shonen writing 101. Right, like you can take this all the way. But so many fails. Right, because there's this need to like make sure that your mains are treated like they're the coolest kids in school, so they get all the power ups, they get all the advancement, and it typically, if and I I don't know, you know, this is just my opinion, but when like a creator doesn't have a lot of confidence in the uh, interest level that they're able to hold with an audience, they will Mm. front load a lot of the uh development so as to like create a, a a hook to keep people going but this would be like you know at this point you know we, we're in we're in a world of like fast food um entertainment so what people want to see is like your mc going from like kid goku to super saiyan in eight episodes or they want the promise that that's going to happen 
And yeah. so the longer you you hold off from that, the better. But then also you have to organically insert all of the benchmarks of like growth that that character is going to be judged against as you go forward. But that means you have to be pretty confident that you're still going to be telling a story in three years, right? Like you're not going to be canceled and gone. So there's so they don't basically. What I'm saying is that 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 uh, Akutami does not protect the mains by giving them tons of feats and abilities very early and like also megami getting washed at close range is literally the thing they said in the last episode or two episodes ago where like they the second years come up and they're like yeah you're really bad at close range fighting and what happened even though he prefers to do it majority of the time right exactly and so and and same goes for uh uh uh, uh nobara like, what was she getting thrown around by Panda for? Remember, he walks up, he's like, "Why the hell are you doing that?" He's like, "Cause she sucks." Yeah, her close range is terrible. We gotta fucking fix this. So that's a, <laughs> <laughs> like, so that, so they already let you let the audience know that, like, even if our our mains lose or are at disadvantage, it's for reasons that you've already been set up to expect. And if they overcome those somehow, then that's a feat by itself. So I think, like, I, I appreciate that that happened and then also let's remember these are second year students all of our, our main characters are first year yeah and they established that toto is basically a grade one or even a special grade himself he's close to a special. i grade. mean i also enjoyed um uh, gojo's basically parading into the office and basically be like do something bitch yeah. i dare you Nigga, that scene was my favorite shit it was so like it I don't know. It was just like it ooh exactly what I thought that they wanted to get through to me. I got it. Which basically he was just like, you can't touch me, and I'm letting you know that I told your dumbass this shit, and you did not listen to me because you wanted to be conservative and you thought that your your elder ass deserved respect and that everything that you think goes is going to go. And I told you no because I'm more powerful than you. Yeah. And now look at what's happening. And then, you know, the other cool thing about that is that, so we learned that jo- that uh, Gojo's philosophy, at least as far as, like, what what's motivating him to do the stuff that he's doing so far, is this, like, rebellious um, nature that he wants to overturn, like, the, the jiu-jitsu sorcery world, and that the, specifically the thing he's trying to overturn is, like, the uh, stagnant um, old guard that are just holding everything back and not allowing for progress and change to happen but in this this episode we actually fleshed out even more he what he's proposing is that number one that the jujitsu powers both on the curse side and on the practitioner side are just growing at a exponential rate and that the yeah. real problem of having all these the, these old sticks in the mud like slowing everything down creating these like byzantine hierarchies of you know who's in control of this and sorcerer grade levels and all this other shit it's it was it was an attempt to stop that advancement from happening but it's happening anyway and it's happening so quickly that it's actually like they're at the point where there's like as he pointed out i just i just fought two un unnamed unmarked special grades that not only were as powerful as many of sakuna's fingers like what was it seven or eight was what uh jogo uh, or what uh, uh ghetto thought jogo was but on top of that, they're communicating with each other. They're forming alliances. Like this, everything you all were trying to slow Unprecedented. down. Unprecedented. Yeah, like it's done. Like this shit is fucked right now. We can't be 
like our little you know th- this tradition little, like, yeah like this isn't gonna work so it puts more uh evidence in support of his point of view and the fact that he still hasn't like just often murdered everybody which is probably what i would have done if i were in his oh shoes. man yeah i kind of was just like bro and then when he opened i laughed when the principal opened his eye at him in a threatening way i was like what you gonna do yeah nigga stuff up what you got like what you gonna do to him and then like the the secretary lady was it her name mana or oh my god i loved it. i just <laughs> Yeah, I think she was like he every every jujitsu stan on Twitter. That was her. And I loved at the end of the episode when she got the fucking photo and then went back and homeboy was like, my tea? Yeah. She's like, oh, I love uh, that. what? No, but I, yeah, the, the scene where like he tells her to go get tea, like in my head, I'm like, I I hadn't I didn't remember the, the section, but I'm like, I bet you that the moment that door closes, she's going to be skipping down the hallway. And what happened? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I hope she doesn't die. Here we go. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also speaking of death, um, uh, what's gonna call it? Not not Ma- Maki. Maki had way too many death flags this episode. <laughs> Just in that one talk with Nobara, I was like, "Girl, no, I respect you, senpai," and did it out and like I'm proving them wrong. I was like, "You are dead." Yeah, that was a really good scene though. Like, I, listen, it, it definitely passes the Bechtel test. Like. <laughs> Like that—that's like my floor of like, am I gonna enjoy anything that's being done with like women on TV? It's like, can they be allowed to have conversations about things that don't involve dudes or anything else? Yeah, and just be Which like friends great. with each other. I really like her as a character, but from from that one conversation, I was like, this bitch is going to die. Well, like I said, there's a lot of death flags all over the place. I mean, at the end of this episode, what did we we saw Deuce get turned into literal like turnips? <laughs> like but Mr. Potato Head looking niggas in the in the in the theater. I just think that th- this was a really good episode, and, but it's more of a setup uh, for what's coming next. They've definitely time skipped us a month ahead, so I would assume that uh, UG will be joining up with the rest of the team uh, for the Goodwill Games. I'm worried about them running into or being in the area of that guy which <laughs> i'm pretty i'm thinking that maybe like he's a half curse i don't know why i'm thinking that but for some reason i'm just like i think this guy's a half curse but then the guy that saw him in the alleyway i think someone said that there was some like prequel manga or like one shot that you're supposed to read before doing jujutsu kaisen and i was like that kind of looks like the guy that was on the cover of that yeah thing. So it's a, di- it's a different that. character but he's actually in the opening he's like um in the yeah scene. he's in the opening he's like sitting in the park with them while they're eating that's right that's right yeah the, it's the last scene in the opening is where you we first meet that character who was introduced here at the end of the episode um like that that's what that's referencing but no, it's mm. not. It's not the same person. So that other um, individual is off doing other things. So that's why they're not uh, part of the story or part of the Goodwill Games that are coming up. But, oh, okay. Yeah, it's sort of like how there's what's the, there's a third year that they keep mentioning that I'm now the uh, the, the name is. Is it what Zanin Senpai? Um. Uh, oh wait, no, not that. So well, in the in the second episode, um, Gojo mentions that that. There is one third year student, but that person is overseas or like elsewhere doing something. And the yeah. funny part is that they haven't even showed up in the manga, at least as far as I know. Are uh, you serious? <laughs> yeah. 
So there's a lot of characters that get mentioned um, and brought into the story just by other people talking about them, but they haven't been introduced yet. So that's what I'm saying. Like, the power scaling is... I don't know. <laughs> Insanity. A- I can't imagine if they take this shit across seas America. Shit's going to be fucking atrocious. Right, but the dude um, that Toto was ta- mentioned by name was Akotsu, who's the other second year who's not with uh, Panda or... Um, Maki, or the, oh, the other guy. Yeah. okay. That's that's a different character. It's inter- I haven't really hadn't looked at them side by side, uh, but they do look kind of similar. So I understand why there's some confusion out there as to who who he's referencing and who who's the missing student and blah blah blah. But they'll introduce like most of the folks who are necessary for the the story before the Goodwill arc. But the I forget. See, I haven't read a lot of this in a long time, so like I'm actually kind of. I'm not like a anime only, but it's in the sense of like how I'm remembering things. But when some stuff comes up, I'm like, I don't remember that. Like, did that actually happen? Like when mm-hmm. the the scene where Toto is it with the the idol, I'm like, is that extra scene or did that actually happen in the manga? And I, I'm not, I didn't, I didn't go back and check, but like, so a lot of stuff feels new to me because it's been so long. So yeah, it should be. It's a good. It's I like this. I like the arc that comes up. I like all the arcs. It's just a good show. Good manga. Good everything. Like. Agreed. I, I'm happy I forget shit because then it's like I'm learning it all over again. Well, yeah, you get to experience it like it's the first time almost. Yeah. So yeah, great. Yeah. Oh, was that everything? That was everything. I mean, I, I'm still watching Haikyuu and it's still great, but that's everything. Cool. Yeah, I've 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 fallen off on everything else. I'm just gonna like save it for the holidays and marathon it. Oh, I've been I, like, I've been like periodically freezing. watching like trash shows that I see a clip of. Oh, I've been thinking about watching trash soon. I'm thinking I've been thinking about picking back up the Oh god. The, the what's call it? The new world blah 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 just to shit on it. <laughs> I so there was some fuck, what was the name of the show? I think it, it has like a really weird name. It's like is it I'm me something something? Basically it's a so it's a it's a rom-com high school thing where like the main character can't lie and he's about to confess to some girl and she turns out to be a vampire and so that's like the one secret he has to keep what it's some weird shit but like i saw a clip that was genuinely made me laugh which is like very unusual and so i was like i'll watch the first episode of it i wasn't i wasn't i wasn't mad you know Oh, was it, was, well, that's I'll, good. I'll remember the name before this uh, episode is over, and I'll casually recommend it just because I, I enjoyed the first episode. Hmm. I promise. <laughs> so, as far as like main topics or general topics that we'll talk about this week, um, I definitely wanted to talk about um, adaptations or failed adaptations, Ooh. to be more specific. Or failed adaptations in my eyes. <laughs> I guess let, let's be, let's, let me be clear about that. Um, and I rage about this one all the time. But the reason why I wanted to bring it up was because um, Akudama Drive's like episode was such a fucking like callback or just like um, remembrance of like Danganronpa and like the classic tropes that come from that show or not that show, that game series, not the show. Um, that I wanted to talk about, like, you know, why did that go so horribly? Like, what was missing between the adaptation of the game into an anime that turned it from, like, you know, the hit that it is 
in the Dog and Rampa series to kind of just like a super like mediocre anime, which in turn, like starting off, I feel like because the story was already there and they had the like basis for everything, you would think, or I would think that it would be so much easier to pace things out and do the arcs because that's how the game literally runs. Like the game is like in specific chapters and some of those chapters you could even split into two arcs. And so that was one thing that I was like, okay, I don't really understand what's going on. I did not finish that anime. Let's just be very clear about that. <laughs> I, I did not, not either. I think anime. I saw the first three episodes. Yeah, and even from those first few episodes, I will say that they got the aesthetic down, packed. The music was cool, but of course it was like a remix thing of like the um, but it was cool, and of course the aesthetic was cool. Um, other than that, for some reason it fell flat, and I don't know if it had to do with like the engagement where it's like you are the player and you're engaged in this and you have to make the decisions um, as opposed to like just simply watching things play out, which also brings me back to another thing, which is I don't think it's that because please don't sue me. But um, when Danganronpa was like, you know, Danganronpaing over in Japan and I actually like did stuff on Tumblr, I kept seeing it on Tumblr and I was like, what the fuck is this game series? Like, why is everyone always talking about this shit? Who are these characters and what is going on? So what I ended up doing was I ended up watching a play, a full playthrough of the first game translated before they even, even thought about like localizing it for America. And I loved every fucking moment of it. So for me watching it, as a playthrough and then watching the anime and being like, what the fuck is wrong here? Like, why is this not translating? I have and- a long, long history with, especially like game adaptations. There's only one that I think I've ever like legitimately enjoyed um, mm-hmm. on, its, on its own. Um, and now like, of course, in the moment I say that the name escapes me, um, the, that, uh, Psy Games card game that got a uh, um, shit Shadowverse. Yeah, didn't it? But didn't Shadowverse get like a um, an anime or am I like? Yeah, it did. Yeah, I think I think like I think is it airing right now or was that last season? It was recent, wasn't it? Yeah, th- no, no, this is from a few years ago. This, so it's not the oh. it's not the Shadowverse one. Man, what is the what is oh, the other I one? Don't, Rage I don't of Bahamut. Know there we go. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, that a few anime. That actually those you got are good two seasons, right? because I watched like the first few episodes. I think of one of them, and I didn't even know that it was an adaptation from the phone game. And I was like, "This is kind of good." Yeah, yeah. So I think like I can I can count on literally two fingers, <laughs> you know, or one finger really, since it was two it was two seasons. But you know, the, these anime adaptations of games, they just I think there's two problems. Um, if I if I'm Put on my put on my my objective fan cap for a second. Mm-hmm. I think the first problem is that the motivation for making a lot of these series into anime or or some kind of like movie format is not to tell a particular story. It's to deliver to the audience certain moments, ideas, and feelings that they got already from the original product if it's like a card game or um a console game or something else 
the their their audience that they're trying to win over is not like a general entertainment loving audience it's the fans of this franchise and the thing about when you build some kind of entertainment experience around the expectations of fans of a franchise is that you will do things even subconsciously or as part of like the planning or setup that violate the norms of good storytelling in order to expeditiously get to the stuff that people loved about the game or the series even if you get the aesthetics right which is itself a big problem when you go from like a two you know potentially like 3d to a 2d medium or you're doing you're doing acting with like uh you know your your animation rather than you know your drawn or, or digital animation than with like a game engine you're not you're gonna there's just there's a weird like reverse uncanny valley that people who know what the original thing that they were into was like i remember the the warcraft movie that got made like four or five years ago which i did not watch but you remember that movie right it was like mostly cgi and they had like human actors under it do you recall that one yeah so wait no wait it it well the reason why your brain is probably struggling to remember is because they spent 200 million dollars on it but nobody went to go see it because in all of the promos for it, they were like, oh, remember this thing that all you WoW players love? It's Arthas. It's this. It's that. But like showing a bunch of like scenes of human actors dressed up in fancy CGI to look like Warcraft characters might get like the 5% of that audience that just is curious about what that's going to look like in a movie. But like for mm-hmm. anyone who wants to see a story that is told in a fantastic and beautiful way that's compelling, that's not going to turn them on. Like, they don't give a shit about who any of these characters are. And then when you strip away a lot of, like, the details, like, take the names of the characters off um, and just try to describe, okay, what story is being told in this movie? It just sounds like some basic-ass boilerplate shit. There's a magical kingdom. There are bad guys who are a different color. They shoot magic at each other. There's a war. <laughs> like, th- that's what, you know what I mean? Like, the, all the things that make the WoW or um, Rage of Bahamut or F- Fantasy Star Online or Rampa, all the stuff that makes those games work in the story, like, when you have to translate it into a film or a TV series and then sell it on its own merits, there's so many things that you can get wrong that just violate good storytelling, that the end result is that most of these these projects fall apart. That's my that that's at least my my guess as to like why they don't get off the ground. But I'm curious as to like specifically with Dong and Rapa, how did how did it go wrong in your view as someone who is a and is a big time fan? I think that it went wrong in that the suspense was literally like non existent. Um, the pacing of it, and I want to say the pacing of it because when they, there were very specific things that always happened in Danganronpa as far as like um, scene changes or like when a certain line is said, the music changes immediately and you get like a weird feeling and you're like, something's about to fucking happen, but I didn't think anything was going wrong in the first place and now I'm scared because no one hinted at any of this. And you didn't really get that in the anime. Like, I guess it wasn't as, um, I w- it wasn't as like micro as the game was where like the details were a lot more finer in the game than it was in the anime. 
Hmm. I think that did it a huge disservice. And then in addition to that, the pacing was also off because of that. So like they kind of just like move things along and certain things that were revealed in the anime kind of fell flat because the scenes preceding them weren't really like energized. And any like the music wasn't energized, the um uh, the dialogue wasn't energized. And I'm like, some of this dialogue is the exact same fucking shit. How is this not working? Yeah, that's actually really interesting because I there's another side to some of the stuff that at least that in my head uh makes the it's sort of like the, the structure of like why these things don't work. And it's the energy that you kind of bring up there is that in film and in storytelling, like pacing is very important it's sort yeah. of the it's the heartbeat that that moves the rest of the activity in the story because obviously like you know it's a script it's written out there's a beginning a middle and end there's characters that play different roles but as their introduction the stuff they do as they move through scenes interact with each other has to be and the information that they're providing the audience has to be paced out in a way that matches whatever the vibe or the um uh, uh the source yeah the source or like even just the 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 energy of the performance has to match the pacing of the material and so in a game where the way the pacing would go is a lot of like dead exposition time searching ambient music you're at a low level of energy but whenever you run into another character for any reason the energy level spikes into the into the stratosphere yes. where there's extreme tension and there's a freneticness to the insanity of the people that are there and the situations that they're in, which is all builds you up to that moment of like, at least in Danganronpa, of like uh, the the sort of like death game. Um, oh, yeah, like the trials. Yeah, which, which yeah, the the, de- also, the trials of the death game, right? The trials fell fat, fell flat in the anime also, and I kind of was just like, why am I not feeling this? And it is the energy. I was like. This I was excited for the anime because I wanted to like see like certain scenes. I thought that they were gonna improve upon it and like make the pacing like so like just fast and in your face and like the lines just going like well this and that and this is that because in the game you know you read you have to read it and sometimes they'll like speak it but like if. I mean, I played the game with the Japanese VAs. So, of course, like, I'm reading the shit. But even with that, I'm still, what I'm reading is driving me crazy. So, when it got translated or when it, like, moved to the anime, I'm already expecting for that shit to be picked up. And basically for us to basically be like, no, you're not expected to press a button. Like, this is supposed to be, like, real time. Like, no, this is, I will hold on a second. Like, you, like, and I didn't get that. Yeah. I mean, so... This reminds me of like my experience watching like Persona um, movies. Oh and TV God! Series. Oh, you want to talk? That is a great one to bring up because they fucked up At all of them. They fucked Everything. all of them except except for three. three was, ironically, yeah, three was, yeah. but they made it movies. Yes. So, so I guess they got the time to do what they wanted to do. So the thing, the thing that like bothered me about first of all, a lot of those um, the the TV adaptations are too long like there are too many episodes <laughs> like <laughs> they need to be a lot shorter for the amount of like actual shit that is happening in the story like it doesn't work you can't one of them was like was like a 24 episode one i don't know if it was persona one of the persona four 
No, was, four and five were um twenty four episodes, and then they redid Golden. There we as go. Twelve episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, them shits were too fucking long. So let's like, keep it a buck. And because they were long, the general like quality level of the like everything except the music. The music for all the TV adaptations for Persona is on point. I actually well, Shoji Meguro is a god. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So I, I like the um I actually bang some of those tracks like today. Like they're on permanent rotation oh, yeah. like I, I dark sun yeah i mean i prefer the opening for persona for the animation more than i like most of the music from for the persona game for and i like the yeah. music for persona for a, a whole lot um so but the reason what they get wrong again is this idea that okay a million people bought persona some game so our target audience is some fraction of those million people who already played the game and already know the story and already know all the characters, all the moments. We just need to like get more money out of that small group of people, right? No, because I don't know anybody who went and watched Persona the animation and then decided, oh, I'm gonna go buy the game now because I've now seen yeah. it. That doesn't that's not how it works. Actually, like, I had a friend who actually did the exact thing. He was watching the he it was he never knew Persona fucking existed, and he was watching Persona Five as it aired. And we were at a bar one night. And he was like, "Yeah, there's actually this one anime that I'm watching called Persona. That's actually like really interesting." And like they have the blah blah blah. And I was like, "No, no, 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 no." I was like, "What are you doing?" And he was like, "I think it's really good." And I was like, "It's shit." Are you kidding me? I was like, it's a video game. I was like, stop watching that shit right now. And this was before Persona Royal was out. I was like, go to the PlayStation Store and pick that shit up for $20. It's going to be so much better. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm sure those people do exist. What I'm getting at is that they don't exist in the kind of numbers where that the aim, the primary aim of the animation is to necessarily target non-Persona fans. Yeah. Certainly, it's still a media project that's going to pull in a lot of new players but they may not get any further than the anime so all i'm just saying is that the target audience for a lot of these these productions are existing fans of the franchise now if you if you if you like do some like basic logical uh construction there if the people who uh are targeted are already people who know everything about the series then Two things tend to happen. The producers get lazy as fuck because they're like, well, we already got these dumbasses. Like, we can <laughs> take them for all they're worth, which you, which is like, you know, the, so the Persona anime just becomes merchandising. It's not a story. And then the other thing is that they're unwilling to take any kind of risk with that. Oh, my God. So I was actually just thinking about that now where I was like, you know, if there was a way to make this even more compelling when you're adapting stuff directly from a, like a video game like that is to basically say, hey, extra scenes, new shit you've never seen before. Yeah, or telling the story from a different angle, right? Like the biggest problem I have with the Persona uh, anime is that in the game, the you have a silent protagonist. And it's a very, it's like, it's such a classic throwback to the way... He's not that much different in the fucking anime. Well, that's the problem, is that the silent protagonist is a stand-in for the player, but the thing that that connects the player to the protagonist in the game are the decisions and actions that you're making when you play it, okay? That's why it works. If you have a silent protagonist in a movie, what it means is you have a whole lot of dialogue that's getting thrown at a character who's not emoting or doing anything not interacting like it's not the same you can't just lift one 
mode of storytelling right out of a game and then expect to throw it into a 24 episode tv series where the main character <laughs> says like eight words an episode it, no it doesn't work that way and i want to like and they had so much talent that's the crazy thing like nanami fucking mizuki voiced and in it, it all these side characters are doing exactly what they did in the game and that shit was all good yeah it, it's great but they're being, but it's like, it's imagine like you have, uh, I don't know, like these, these Academy Award winning actors and then they've got to play against, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger when he was like 26 years old and didn't speak any English, like fresh out of Austria. Like he looks good, right? He can bench press a truck, but like, you're not going to have <laughs> like a heart to heart with that guy. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> and so the, I want to contrast that with Rage of Bahamut Genesis like first of all one of my absolute like favorite anime uh i think was it 2016 2015 some somewhere thereabouts or maybe no it was, yes like it, it was 2014 so what did they do so rage of bahamut is like a card game which i have to this day never played i don't know anything about it nothing at all except that it made a shit ton of money but from what i understand None of the characters who are in the in the anime are core or principal to the story of the card game. They may oh. exist. They may have been introduced, you know, at some point. But the but they're not like, you know, the, you're not Necessary. you're not you're not watching the story of the card game. the The world of the game is is represented in the setting of the of the show. But as far as I know, Favaro and Amira and Kaiser, like their story is a story for the the show. I.e. it's original. Okay, now someone can send me some angry mail that says I'm wrong, and in fact, like eighteenth <laughs> DLC, like they actually had this and it came out two weeks before the anime came whatever. Go fuck yourself. As far as I know, Oh my god! It this is an original story, and if it's not an original story, it is presented in the way a story should be, where we get to know the core cast intimately early on. Like the first five episodes of the series are just like getting to know a bunch of really, really likable characters and having them banter with each other and fuck around and do stupid, crazy shit. And oh, by the way, it's fucking gorgeous amazing yeah. animation like that that dance scene that's rotoscoped i think from like either the first or the second episode is like some of the best sakuga of that year like it's it's amazing um and then the opening uh is is a banger just straight up banger um that was my my vote in my own little uh my own little universe of i think it was the best opening for the year um mm-hmm. it was it was fucking awesome the story actually does have deeply emotional moments and uh, decisions that characters are making that are completely consistent with everything you've learned about them through the course of the series. It's also not super long, right? It's a, it's a 12 or 13 episode single core series, has a beginning, a middle, and a definitive end. Like, all the things that are, like, necessary for basic storytelling and, like, a good anime. And it just so happens to take place in the world of a video game that people would know. So guess what? I'm sure there were, like, in every episode, there was, like, a call-out to some card or some, like, something character yeah. that, like, if you were really into the card game, be like, oh, that's such and such. Like, I'm pretty sure that Goose 
god thing that had like the the flying pumpkin or whatever the fuck it was i'm sure that's like an important card that everybody knows about from the game i have no earthly idea what it was but i didn't need to (laughs) because it made sense when i was watching so anyway i just think that like that's the road that needs to be taken with a lot of these series is you have to ditch the game you have to do it you just take the world that they're in you know all the all the trappings the things that get the get the the neck beards and interested and they'll pay their money so they can see their favorite Not you know something beard. their favorite dragon pop up in the background or like a cameo from someone they need but tell a original story with likable characters with good animation with consistent pacing and don't be fucking married to like showing me the fucking orc princess or whatever the fuck was in the game like it doesn't work it's two different modes of storytelling and if you have a silent protagonist make that nigga talk just give him, a, give him, yeah. a, give him a personality. It's fine. So that's my rant. I mean, I agree. <laughs> oh, don't make per- don't make me sit through another eighty episode persona. Whatever. I mean, at this point, it's like, what the fuck are they going to do? It would make no sense for them to do more based off of what's call it, um, off of Royal. Like that would be a waste of money. If I've seen anything, if anything, I would uh, like for them to do it on Scramble. Because I don't know if Scramble, I mean, they keep saying Scramble's coming to America, but I'm like, well, bitch, where the fuck is it at? Good luck with that. Oh, yeah. Don't get me started on like localization shit. These motherfuckers. (laughs) How long did we have to wait for um, the Yakuza games? I don't even I don't even pay them any attention. You know what's funny? You know, it's actually kind of sad is that the games that are already like uh, stylized to be like movies are often the one that don't get the movie treatment. Mm. Like I could see Yakuza because I played a bit of Yakuza Six and I was like, "This is actually good." If you like, just put I'm the f- if you just go and put all the cutscenes from a Yakuza game together, you have like a pretty good movie. <laughs> I even got that one, um, Judgment, which is from the same people, and I was just like, "Oh, I fucks with this," but then you know, something else comes out, and I'm like, "Oh, I'm gonna get back to it." Well, they're like the Grand Theft Autos of like, you know, Japanese action games. It just yeah. like, there's just so much shit, and you get lost. I noticed in the in Like a Dragon, um, they have a, a Sega arcade, and they have a in the arcade they are functioning ROMs. So they had like you know Outrun and Afterburner, and then you go to the second floor, and they've got fucking Virtua Fighter Five Final Bout, like the whole the whole game, like inside of Like a Dragon, it's just in there. What? Yeah, you can just go to an arcade machine. And play it inside of... I would just play that game. <laughs> like, shit. I love Virtua Fighter. It's a shit. So, you know. Make that movie. Make... I want to see Yakuza the movie. I want to see Yakuza Like a Dragon the movie. I love that. I'm going to talk about that game in my recommendation. But, like, man. There's a there's mm. a good target. Stop wasting your time with all these JRPGs for all these, like, lonely men who think that they get 15 more seconds of original animation of Chie. I'll just die inside. Oh, God. Fuck. I mean, well, not fuck Chia, but Chie, but ugh. it's just, well, you I, like you said, if they're going to pay for it, why not? I guess so. Just don't make it a movie. Make it like a just VR porn. Just give it give it to them and go. Away. I mean, there's already tons of that o- official stuff. <laughs> Maybe it is official. I don't even know. I don't trust the Japanese. I can't. <laughs> 
Okay. Um. Oh well, you already have a recommendation, so. Well, yes, uh, I have two recommendations, and so the first one is uh, in reference to the the anime I brought up earlier. It's uh, the English translation is uh, actually I am in Japanese. It's Jitsu wa Watashi wa, and uh, it's as I described before. It's a sort of comedic um, rom com set in a, a high school, which normally puts me right the fuck off. But it's just about a, a an MC who can't keep secrets and then finds out that the girl he's crushing on is actually a, a vampire. Um, and it just seemed, like, normal and funny. Like, for a weird, like, you know, high school rom-com. Uh, it has a, a single season. It's only 13 episodes. I ran across it on YouTube in full and, you know, was pleasantly surprised. I did not want to hurl myself off the tallest object the moment they started uh, talking about confession letters and other things. It was actually kind of funny, which was shocking to me, given <laughs> given my tolerance level for this type of stuff. So that's a light recommendation. I only watched the first episode, but, you know, it might be up somebody's alley. Someone who loves this genre more than I do. Uh, uh, and again, it's, 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 it's pretty funny. Um I guess I'll also recommend Rage of Bahamut since we talked about it before. <laughs> the like every time I think about it, and the the sequel is not quite as good, um, uh, Virgin Soul. Um, but I I chalk that up actually to just what we talked about earlier, which is pacing. It's it's just double the length, um, and it takes place after the, the original story. Um, but I, they're but both the original and the sequel uh, are really really good, high quality animation, um, great music, uh, great everything really it, it was a uh, one of the shows that like i picked it up thinking oh, i'll watch a couple episodes and throw it away and then wound up um being pretty obsessed that season so those are my two uh anime reviews and then i'll also recommend the game i'm currently playing a lot of right now which is yakuza like a dragon uh, if you're familiar with the yakuza games they are what they say they are in the 10 you play as um a yakuza or in this case an ex yakuza who's sort of trying to get his life together uh, after getting out of prison where he stayed for the last 18 years. One of the things that I really do enjoy about this game, and not just the gamey aspects, but from the point of view of the story, is that it tricks you. Because in the beginning, you think you're playing this like very typical, maybe over-the-top um, crime drama. But, but very rapidly, the story turns into one about middle-aged people, men and women, trying mm -hmm. to figure out how to have a life after 40, which... Ooh. Is which which is done with a remarkable amount of like tenderness for a, for a game where the principal like well, method of really interaction yeah method of interaction is like beating the shit out of people on the street but the but the real story the core story is about adjusting to a you know like life after everyone assumes you're 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 no longer important you're no longer capable of doing anything new. And every character in the game, every main character that we meet, is dealing with some version of, of that stress. And the way in which they all come to rely on each other to, like, pump pump each other up to, like, just continue to live and do new things. It's, it's like, I was in the third chapter. I'm like, man, I'm actually getting, like, real feelings right now. And that's not just because I, too, am coming up on, you know, being a middle-aged person as well. But, like, it's just a... I'm certainly not as old as anyone in, in this in the game, but like I can see like 
when you have a when you have a story that focuses on people that society forgot for one reason or mm-hmm. another, and they're all much older, and they're all pretty resigned when you meet them to like never having a real functional life or being taken seriously in society ever again. I know a lot of people who even right now who are not that age feel the exact same way and to sort of watch these characters grow and learn how to overcome that with each other. I think is a something is I've been missing out of a video game story for a long time. It's not just like, you know, cold-blooded revenge. I've got to find the guy who killed my girl. Like it's surprisingly heartwarming like from the beginning. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Ugh, I don't need another game right now. You do not. And you'll be playing this game forever. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I definitely don't need it. Because I'm obsessed with Hyrule Warriors right now. Oh, shit. So what you got? Um, I have, um, for my anime recommendation, um, is well, <laughs> I'm only doing an anime recommendation as the window tool. Um, <laughs> Uh, I have made in the made in abyss. I always want to say made in the abyss. Yeah, it's made in abyss. I thought it was and made in abyss, like the word maiden. And then I saw it. I was like, wait, that's that's what it is. Hey, you know what? You might be onto something. They might be word playing that shit that's for true. a yeah, reveal. It could be. But all I know is that <laughs> this is some bullshit, man. This is. Listen, um, don't watch this anime if you are weak-hearted, okay? That's all I'm going to say. Um, it's a very good show, um, but along with the regular, like, theme of the week of, like, you know, like, Danganronpa and, like, all this stuff and blah, 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 um, despair is a primary theme of the show. Oh, God, yes. Oh, so, God. Um, it's very deceptive from the jump, but when you get into, like, the latter half of this series, it gets pretty fucking Bruh. like rough. I think what the last episode was like an hour, 45 minutes to an hour. Like it needed that. Yeah. It needed that because it was like the, the way the, the, the path that the story was embarking on is kind of just like, you can't leave us with just a 30 minute episode to wrap. What the fuck just went down up? Yeah. Like, Ain't no fucking way. And now there's the movie. I haven't watched the Don't movie. Listen, I'm the movie afraid. is fucking amazing. It comes out on the 20th. Now, I've read the manga up to wherever it was like two or three months ago. My God. Oh, really? My God. My I'm God. I'm so fucking nervous. Because the movie, the movie, um, what is it? It's deep. Some, one of them came out in, I think, September, October. Yeah, um, and one, I know one came out in Japan in January. Yeah, that's the one that got translated. It's the it's the continuation. Yeah, of the anime yeah, Dawn of Deep off. Soul. First yeah, of all, Dawn it's of, my yeah. favorite part of the manga so far really? is that piece, but it's also like the worst. Like oh well, the as soon as I saw worst. the girl that looked like Nanachi, I was like the oh, worst. Oh, no, your yeah. you, they so, will rip your heart out and shove it right down your throat. Yeah. So, yeah, if you can't already tell, you guys, you got to be prepared. But it is so good. Everyone should like, watch it. And and failing that, read it. Made in Abyss is fantastic. I would not recommend it as, like, a starter for someone. Nah, like, don't introduce nobody. Not at all. Do not introduce nobody to anime with this shit. Because they will be like, bitch, what the fuck? I have never not wanted to live in a in a fantasy world more than <laughs> the world of made, like, made oh the best. I have God. never not wanted it. And like you can't even imagine the rest of the world because you're just like, but this shit right here though. No, nah, like, I don't I don't want anything to do with this world. It's like 
every every frame every movement every character takes when they like explain to you like how fucking shitty it is like Uh, just living existing moving not even when they explain it and then they when you see it actually happen fuck out of here like i I don't even know how these motherfuckers ascend like that i'm literally just like so you all go down there and you die like how the fuck are people getting back up after a certain level the point is that that they don't right that's the answer or like you have to move like so slow like that's why and then like time to okay anyways yes right made the best very good (laughs) yeah it is very good i highly recommend it um there's there's only what 12 12 13 episodes in the movie um it's easy to get caught up and we don't even know if we're gonna get that second season right now but god damn it it's so good with what we have so yeah yeah well look you know we we both recommended sad things because i i shed a tear at the end of uh uh rage of bahamut season one this is some real tear jerking stuff happens but nothing not on that made abyss level so yeah oh oh my god like i just ugh. I don't need, no, oh my God. Now I have to, I have to watch it now. I have to watch it before the week is over with. I need, I need to know what is the fuck else is going to happen. Well, I guess that is it for the week. Um, uh, once again, make sure, oh wow. I was going to be like, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. (laughs) Actually, yeah, no, dude, make sure you go like, comment, and subscribe the ghost story videos. Yeah. They get a lot more traction than I would have thought. Uh yeah, you guys like that shit broke over a hundred views in less than twenty four hours for five and six, and I dropped both of them at the same time. So it's kind of just like, oh, you guys are really like on it. I think the first one's almost at a thousand. For real? Yeah, oh, it was shoot. like seven hundred the other day. Oh, they must love all the racism. Yeah, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> all the racism. <laughs> the catfishing, yeah, oh, all man. of it. But um yeah, make sure you guys check us out on social media, the YouTube of course, um anime underscore savants on Twitter, and then anime savants on Instagram. Um yeah, there'll be more ghost stories soon, you know, just it's it's coming, you know, it's the holiday season, stuff is happening in the world with other <laughs> shit. So <laughs> Yeah, like this will be some kind of escape, but So yeah, it they're gonna come just like not super duper as fast as we intended. Right. Yep, you can uh, hit me up on Twitter at Neural Handshake. I also have a Twitch channel, which I'm trying to get back into the habit of streaming. Um, and it's Twitch TV slash Alexander, spelled A-E, Alexander. So, like the Russian way of spelling it. But Yep, I'll probably Were be back to... you doing streaming Apex? Probably streaming Apex, probably streaming some other like uh, retro RPGs. I've been meaning to actually go back and um replay tales of destiny which is one of my favorite games from the playstation one era um so you know when that when that happens for real for real i will uh put up a big big bat signal but for the moment uh we're in we're in the planning stages getting that captured stuff set up in the house still haven't still haven't moved like moved all of the stuff out of storage oh my god okay Well, that's it, you guys. Bye. Peace out.